You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Prenke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. This is our episode for the Star Wars Rebels episodes, Jedi Knight and Doom. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and joining me as always is my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, Mike and Star Wars Rebels fans. Good to be back. Wow. Man, it's been a long time, but... a long break. Wow. Long long break, break, but they did not waste any time mike and no. just uh dropping some some bombs on us man it's crazy couple episodes can't wait to talk about them uh man just some great stuff but we'll get into it in a minute here yes. um we i guess let's just jump right into the we, quick news right just yeah, jump let's, into the news yeah real quick. let's just jump into that real quick force is strong this week now, here's the latest from a galaxy far, far away. Right away, sir. So, like I said, not much going on in news. Like We covered a lot of stuff in our last episode, Mike. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I think the big thing right now is, uh, hey, Last Jedi is coming out on uh, Blu-ray and and what's exciting to me is not just Blu-ray, but the 4K thing. I've jumped yeah. into the 4K realm recently here, oh, yeah. and uh, I'm really looking forward to this thing in 4K. I've watched a few things in 4K, love it. Uh, and this, by chance, is the first Star Wars movie that will be uh, coming out in uh, in mm-hmm. 4K. So pretty exciting news. I, I'm just I'm pumped for that. But geez, the stuff this thing comes with is Blu-ray. So Holy much, act, yeah, tons of stuff. Um, Mike, I mean, before we get into just a couple of things that's coming with, um, looking forward to this uh, this release. Yeah, actually. Um, so with the Force Awakens, they I, they didn't put the audio commentary on the initial release, right? Like they waited. Right. They didn't. It didn't have 3D, and it didn't have a lot of things. So I waited, and I didn't actually. I picked up the digital copy on release on my PlayStation, and then I. Obviously, it, it hit Netflix in Canada. I know you guys didn't get it on Netflix. You guys have it on, is it Stars? I think? Um, Stars, yeah. 
I, but uh, we had it on Netflix uh, in Canada. So, I mean, like more often than not, if I'm watching The Force Awakens or Rogue One, I'm going to watch it on Netflix because that's just the easiest. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. But I did pick up the, the 3D Blu-ray when that came out because that had all the special features that I wanted. Um, this time around, it's like right off the bat. Um, it's got it's got the audio commentary. It has the feature length uh, documentary um, and, and of course all of the deleted scenes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I'm 100 percent in for this. Um, I'm probably uh, going I think. It's tough because I can. The easy thing for me to do is to pick up the the Steelbook uh, Blu-ray, 4K Blu-ray at um, at Best Buy in Canada. Yeah. But I prefer the cover right. on the Target one, which means that I would have to actually like travel down to Target to get that. Or maybe I'd need to get somebody who's already in the states to pick me one up and then ship it to me. But <laughs> yeah, um, maybe we can have that conversation after. <laughs> I. But yeah, yeah. I. I I, I don't have a 4K TV and I don't have a 4K Blu-ray player yet, but that's exactly it. I don't have them yet. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think that um, uh, that'll probably be one of my next major purchases is the, mm-hmm. is the 4K setup. So, um, yeah, so so I, I am pro- – like my plan is to get the 4K Steelbook in some fashion uh, for this one. Um, and then – because, you know, with Rogue One, I waited – um, because there wasn't really like, I don't know, they kind of put out a bunch of really weird editions. The only one that I really liked the looks of was the, the target Blu-ray. And mm-hmm. by the time that I got around to trying to get one, they were already gone. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to miss out this time and like hoping that they're going to do like a 3d release. Um, but I, I, I'm sure that they will do a 3d release of this. Although, um, Guardians of the Galaxy never got a 3D release, I don't think. Um, and uh, and Thor Ragnarok's not getting a 3D release as near as near as I can tell. I think that 4K is replacing 3D, and I and that they're not going to be doing 3D in the right. future. So right, um, we did get the Force Awakens in 3D. We did, and yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I and Ro- I Rogue One did come out in 3D. I think the the Blu-ray from yeah. Target was one mm-hmm. of the only 3D editions, and that's why it's so hard to, to come by. Um, and yeah. I do like buying the 3D Blu-rays as sort of like future-proofing for when they figure out how to do these TVs without glasses and stuff. But mm-hmm. the other part of that is that I don't think that they're actually trying that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Not with 4K, yeah. Cares, so, yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. Well, here's another thing, too, is if you can't wait for the 27th, yep. 13th, you're going to get it digitally, which I'm going to do as well. Mm-hmm. I'll get the digital because I just – I want to have it as soon as possible and then yeah. go back and get the uh, the disc like you said. But, man, I, I tell you what, this thing is packed. 14, I believe, uh, deleted scenes, tons yeah. of deleted scenes. Like you said, uh, some of the stuff, the director and the Jedi, so you go deep with Ryan Johnson into it. Feature-length um, documentary. Feature-length, which is which is pretty yeah. cool. I mean, the I know one, he's been on yeah. the tour. The, the one, the feature-length <laughs> documentary on The Force Awakens was fantastic. So yeah. I'm I'm excited for this one because I really want it. Like the thing with the the Last Jedi is that I want to dig into it, right? Yeah. Um, I think that um, the Force Awakens was great because it was so much fun. But the thing about the Last Jedi that I love so much is how much there is to digest, and that mm-hmm. you know, like I really feel like in the in the times that I saw it three times in the theater, um, that that I've only scratched the surface and I really need to get my hands on it and just watch it over and over and over again in order to really, 
um, you know, like like oh, like yeah. really yeah. start to pick apart the things that I like, the things that maybe I don't like as much, and and um, and what some of the messages are and that sort of thing. I mean, I had a, a fantastic conversation. Actually, it's been kind of an ongoing conversation for the last few weeks with uh, with Carl Leclerc from the Wampus Lair. We keep mm-hmm. kind of messaging each other back and forth as as. Um, you know, one of us will post something and then the other one will be like, yeah, well, but because we're kind of on opposite <laughs> sides of the argument. Um, but we had a great, fantastic conversation. Um, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. And uh, and the thing that I love at the end of it, he was like, hey, man, I'm sorry if I was like if I came off as like really aggressive or whatever in that conversation. I I love talking Star Wars with you. And I was like, dude, like, don't even because that is why we're friends. If I agreed with everybody that I was friends with, where would the fun be in that? Because (laughs) the fun thing about, about arguing star Wars with your friends is that like, nobody's feelings are going to get hurt because we, you know, we respect each other. We care about each other. So, um, and we, but we both know that the other one is coming from a good place. We both love star Wars. right? Um, But it forces me to have to think about the things that I do love about The Last Jedi or anything, Star Wars, Rebels, The Clone Wars, whatever, Freemaker Adventures, <laughs> uh, and then really put it into words and and get it in front of you, like, like sort of um, express exactly what it is. Um, and, and we were talking a lot about Luke Skywalker and stuff and what's, you know, like, because... Carl, I think much like you, Matt, doesn't really like where they went with the Luke Skywalker character, but I actually really like mm-hmm. it because I feel like the the scenes with Yoda where he comes and he's like he's like oh young Skywalker like he's like the same as always, and when mm-hmm. you look at it that way from that lens, which is what Ryan Johnson wanted wanted you to look at it with, I think um, you're looking at Luke as. Um, not as the Jedi he was pretending to be at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, but as the foolish boy who uh, uh, left Dagobah too early to save his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like like Luke is just so... Um, he's so selfish in his selflessness, if that makes any sense. It's like I, I his actions in the in the flashbacks in the force awaken in in the last jedi mirror his actions in the empire strikes back so well to me and it's like when i have to defend myself uh, uh, to somebody else that's when i get to actually like stop and think and like how does like like what do i mean when i say that like how can i explain this so yeah. that carl understands where i'm coming from right <laughs> so i love yeah. that and getting the blu-rays is just going to be oh um, yeah an even better way to to do that, right? And I'm going to be able to oh, sit yeah. down and I'm going to watch that movie and I'm going to listen to the audio commentary, which audio commentaries are, um, they are, I don't even call them a guilty pleasure. They're just a pleasure. They are just, it's just <laughs> one of my, it's like, um, if the movie is the meal, the audio commentary is the dessert to me. It's like, yeah. it's just, it's the, and then the deleted scenes are the cherry on top. Like, like yeah. especially if the deleted scenes have audio commentary, which these ones will. Um, I love that because it's the filmmaking process. I watched a video today. Actually, I posted it on the Thunderquack Patreon uh, group of um, Ryan Coogler, the director of uh, Black yeah, Panther. 
and he's, he did like a breakdown of one of the fight scenes and he gets into like the, the color story of it, how like, um, uh, T'Challa is always wearing black cause he's the black Panther. Um, Nakia is, is always wearing, like, she's always got green in her outfit and then Okoye is is always in in red and gold because that's mm. like sort of mirroring their comic counterparts, but also um, the costumes that they wear later in the movie and the three colors uh, of red, black, and green are actually the colors of the the I think I think he said like the African like the the oh, what did it what was it called. It's like the it's like the it's not United Nations, but it's like the it's like all it's like the continent of Africa almost like mm. like all of the these countries that are all joined together. And I, I can't remember what it was called showing my own ignorance here. Um, <laughs> but that's what's great about Black Panther. Just side note, Black Panther, go see it. So good is that it expands horizons, right? It's something new and something different. But um, but that those three colors are the colors of that flag. And uh, and and so it's like there's all this cool stuff. And like I love that stuff about about you know blu-rays and and uh, and sort of the behind the scenes stuff it's not so much like like oh what what were the deleted scenes what was going to be in the movie that wasn't and you know speculating about the movie uh, about the story that stuff's fun too i really like that but to me what is interesting is not what the story was but why the story is what it is what are mm-hmm. the 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 motivations right um and why why is ryan johnson making the choices that he is and my hope is that after watching the, the audio commentary and all of these other um uh special features um is that i I will have even more sort of uh, uh, ideas uh, to to build my my opinion of the movie around and sort of, um, you know, uh, it, it, it can confirm or sort of uh, correct different things that I think about the movie. Because uh, if you listen to the spoiler cast that we did, um, that's exclusive to Thunderquack Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash Thunderquack, there's a plug. I... Uh, <laughs> You'll hear me talk about the idea of like, of of what Kylo Ren is saying. You know, you have to let the past die, kill it if you have to, and me sort of like really embracing that is like that's that's that was the attitude that I went into the movie with, and then I actually heard uh, Ryan Johnson talking about it, and uh, or was it him? I can't remember. Uh, but it was a video soon after where people were talking about. It. Actually, maybe it was a podcast, um, and I. Uh, and the idea of like, like people were really seizing on that, but mm-hmm. that was actually like, that's the bad lesson. And the, the, the true lesson is, is more in what, what Yoda kind of brings to it. And that the idea that like, like, no, don't let the past die. You have to accept the past, but don't let it control the future. Right. Because that was a little bit more of Yoda's message was like because Luke and Kylo were actually in a very similar place until Yoda comes to Luke and says, you know, he knocks him on the head with the thing and and burns down the tree and says, like, like, like they're just old books there. They were important. But as he says about Ray, like she already has everything that she needs that those books would give her. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. like they're just it's. 
the force isn't about training. It's not about blah, 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 whatever. It's about, it's about, um, sort of that, that, that inner truth, that inner peace. Right. And Ray has that. So like, it's stuff like that where, um, you know, I might hold one opinion, um, for a time and then, and then learn more and change my opinion. And I'm really mm-hmm. hoping, cause I know that I'll do that when I listen to the audio come to her, like, Oh, okay, cool. I saw it this way, but that's what the filmmaker intended. Maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, maybe I disagree with Ryan Johnson's approach and I say, okay, you know, that's what he intended, but what I actually got from it was this. And I find more value in that, but in other places, him going like, Oh, you, you know, think about it this way and me going, oh, okay, I didn't think about it that way. Right. Right. I know that I will do that. My hope is that a lot of the fans who didn't like the last Jedi that will pick up the Blu-ray will, um, especially now that they've had some time to cool. The lava is not, not burning hot anymore. It's sort of cooled into rock. They can, um, they can appreciate it a little bit more and learn a little bit more about why the story goes the way that it goes. And, uh, and then, you know, come, come to accept it to a certain Mm -hmm. degree. So, um, you know, you don't have to like it. I don't think like, that's not what I'm trying to say to, to fans. Cause I, a couple of people have accused me of being dismissive, which I don't disagree with. I have been, with the last Jedi, it's like, look, it's, it is what it is. You, your petition's not going to change that. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. But I, uh, it's not that I don't need everybody to like it. Like Matt, I don't need you to like Luke's <laughs> Luke's story, right? Yeah. You can dislike it. What I need is for people who consider themselves to be real fans of star Wars. So you need to accept that this is where the film storyline is going. This is where Ray's, journey is taking her and luke isn't it's not luke's movie he's a he is a character along the side of the road in in ray's story right Mm -hmm. so like i like the fans i think really need to accept that and then move past it um and i do think that some fans are still in that grieving period as i refer to it um and some of them are still in the anger stage you know (laughs) like i think matt i think that you have accepted it and now like that's it yeah, like like yeah. that's what the movie is and you know you wanted yeah. to see luke with his green lightsaber slicing oh, sure. some stormtroopers and whatever and going <laughs> sure. up against Ky- kylo ren but yeah. um you know like we kind of already have that in the in yeah. the the expanded universe so i like that the movie goes in a different direction and you know it's not it's not what we expected so all that yeah, to say, no, I'm sure. excited for the Blu-ray. <laughs> no, me too. And, and the thing is, like, you know, I'm going to do the same thing. The 13th is going to come out. I'm going to watch it. I got a couple weeks to just watch the movie without any uh, commentaries and, and go over it again. And, and just um, and, and Ryan Johnson has been out kind of talking about the movie. And that's cool to hear him talk about it. I can't wait to yeah. hear what he has to say in this thing, too, because it's going to help. Not help, but I, I mean, it's just like, oh, OK, I, I can understand where he was going. But man. The other thing I'm looking forward to on this thing is um, obviously some of the, the the breakdowns and stuff, but this yeah. Andy Circus live thing, this thing where you get to, they're gonna show him do a couple of his raw onset performances. That stuff just fascinates me. I love to see actors and and directors and stuff doing their craft, awesome. and uh, really excited to see that and to see some of the uh, behind the scenes and how they made yeah. the movie. I just, I mean, that's just like you said, just that's icing on the cake and everything. Yeah. So. Really good stuff. Andy Serkis in Black Panther, by the way. Yeah. Brilliant. 
brilliant. I like. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. Andy Circus yeah. is, I think, the most, and like this is not hyperbole. He is the most underrated actor in Hollywood, yeah. bar none, because people write him off as, oh, he's the mocap guy. Well, right. guess what? In in Black Panther, he's not doing any mocap. That's him. But beyond that, it's like, yeah, okay, Snoke is a motion capture character, right? It's a it's a, a, a performance capture character, and uh, and that's great. But like Snoke, maybe in the Force Awakens is a little bit more more flat. But in the Last Jedi, the performance that Circus gives is, I think, top oh, notch. Um, and Snoke, so yeah. different yeah. from Ulysses Claw in in Black Panther, or from I I Gollum in Lord of the Rings, and then most importantly, a role that I personally think that they should not only give him an Academy Award for, but that they need to actually create a a category for in the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes and all like every like major movie. Um, award ceremony. I his performance as Caesar in in the Planet of the Apes films. I know I know Tim from mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars Saga continues would agree with me on this because his performance over those three movies from one to the next, evolving that character into what he becomes in in um, in in War for the Planet of the Apes, the the final one in in that trilogy. I he just like like i cried in that movie more than once because <laughs> his character yeah. goes on such a journey and you absolutely forget in those films that that is a cg character oh for sure you forget yeah. it's like and with mm-hmm. snoke maybe to a certain degree with Gollum back in the day maybe to a certain degree but they're always like this technological marvel mm-hmm. and then i find in in the planet of the apes movies you're just watching the movie at a certain point right. because there's so many characters that are performance capture and that that are fully cg you just forget because you're just watching the movie. And those movies are also so well written and so well directed, especially the the second two uh, by Matt Reeves. They're so good. But Andy Serkis, it's like people, people do just write him off as like, oh yeah, if you want like some sort of a creature or something, you get Andy Serkis. It's like, no, you could put him in any movie in in so many different roles. And yeah, he disappears into these, these performance capture characters, but I believe that he could do anything that you that you set him to, like any task mm-hmm. that you set him to, he could he could absolutely nail. And um, Snoke is no exception. I think that his performance as Snoke in the Last Jedi, the 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 scene where he confronts Kylo, where he's like, it's like take that ridiculous thing oh, off, man. like all that. So good. It's like it yeah. is so iconic that performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's 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 so fantastic. So I'm right there with you. This Andy Circus live thing. It's yeah, that is yeah, going to be really cool to see. And I think that yeah. that's Ryan Johnson feeling the way that I feel and saying like, no, people need to to recognize that this actor is performing above yeah. and beyond most actors, and he's doing it with dots all over his face and nobody <laughs> else in the room. Right? Like yeah. Yeah. he delivers to a level that, that I think is astounding, especially with all of that technology around him. 
So, yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I heard great things from him about his character in Black Panther. But like you said, yeah. as far as Snoke, I loved Snoke in The Last Jedi. And I thought, obviously, him doing that. And he's just fantastic. So, yeah, like I said, super excited about that. So yeah. tons of great stuff on this thing. Can't wait for it. Totally. 13th and then the... Uh, the 27th. Other than that, I mean, you know, there's been some, you know, solo books are going to be coming out and we had yeah. Toy Fair and all that. But uh, no, uh, anything no else? Freemaker Adventures stuff at Toy Fair this year. No, no So no, I don't know right. if that means no Freemaker Adventures season three or if that we'll just see. means that unlike last year, they want to make the announcement before they show the toys. Um, right. Because last yeah. year. If everybody will remember correctly, which I will uh, uh, remind you because it's, uh, it's the feather in my cap, um, we actually broke the news on not on those toys, but that they were very clearly from a season two and nobody was reporting right. season two is obviously on the way because look at these toys. So mm-hmm. um, look at these Lego sets. Um Hopefully, hopefully. I'm really holding out hope that, that we got a season three of Freemaker Adventures coming um, down the down the pike. I, mm-hmm. I, I have to imagine. We've yeah. said this before. I have to imagine that it's coming. Um, but I think that they I'm probably sure. want to sure. get Rebels out of the way. So I think right. in about three, four weeks' time, we might be getting a, a trailer for season three of uh, Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures or whatever the new Lego Star Wars is that um, – that that um uh, the team uh, Bob Roth. That, yeah, yeah Bob Roth and and them I uh, are working on cuz I cuz mm-hmm. I do feel like they're working on something um mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward. I, yeah, it could be coming around like I think was last year was around the summertime too as well. So Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was kind of perfect for that. So, and, you know, hopefully so we're going to get news about more Forces of Destiny soon and all sorts of mm-hmm. things. But because I, yeah. what I want to see is like I want to see Forces of Destiny um, like a like a story starring Kira from from Solo. Um, Solo, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. or uh, is it I think the character's name is Val, Tandy Newton's character. It would yeah. be fantastic to see those characters in Forces of Destiny as like a lead in to um solo. solo. Um yeah. yeah, I think that could be a really cool thing. Um yeah. but yeah, there's a lot of really yeah. cool solo stuff coming out and and once Rebels is done um in a few weeks, I think you and I will probably pop back in to maybe talk about some stuff because it might be a sure. while until we have content for something animated to talk about um yeah for, we'll get some other stuff i'm sure oh, we yeah. can talk solo i mean we could talk other star wars stuff too if we oh yeah, yeah. if you want yeah for so uh, we'll you know i there is not a lack of star wars for you and i to talk about I don't think <laughs> that will ever be a problem yeah. as a matter of fact uh this summer is going to be the 10th anniversary of frontlines the clone wars podcast oh, man. and i i may or may not have something up my sleeve for that that uh, holy that you and i will discuss off air, but um, sounds good. We did. There's a plan. It, that anniversary isn't going to go unnoticed. So <laughs> nice. Look forward to that. I guess. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. I guess with that, um, let's uh, get into this last half of season four. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. We can do this together. Let's go, rebels. Full scale bombardment of the city. I know what we have to do now. One last lesson. 
All right, Mike, here we go with the Jedi Knight. And, um, you know, last episode, uh, before the break, we saw Hera get uh, mm-hmm. kidnapped. And we kind of knew what was coming this episode. Yeah. Uh, but it starts off. And just a quick programming note here. Uh, we took a little bit uh, different approach to the recap. Yeah. Um, it's going to it's gonna allow for maybe a little more discussion. But uh, uh, you'll see how it goes here. But uh, this thing starts with Kanan. He's meditating in the Lothal fields. And he comes to an understanding. He asks Ezra to take the lead on Hera's rescue. So, Mike, uh, th- like I said, this thing starts off with a beautiful shot of Kanan. Mm. Uh, kind of meditating there. And yeah. I thought it was interesting that um, he decides, like, he acknowledges, like, I can't, I can't be the lead on this thing. Like, I, his love for Hera, mm-hmm. uh, he just, he, he understands that he cannot do this. And this is kind of something different where we've seen Luke do this in the Empire, where he just loves his friends so much that he has to be involved, he has to go help. But here is Kanan, and, and this kind of shows his maturity, his, how wise he's he's gotten in this, that he knows that he can't do this, and uh, he's going to let Ezra take the lead in this. And I thought that was cool, because he kind of says, you know, I can't think clearly, and uh, I just thought it was a, a cool opening and a way to set this thing up as far as where Kanan is at, his yeah. mind, his mind frame is. So uh, any thoughts on the beginning? Yeah, I mean, I think you you nailed it. Um, the, that idea... Um, Kanan, I've said this before, is much more a Jedi in the, in the style of Obi-Wan Kenobi or Qui-Gon. Um, mm. I think he's, he's a little bit more, uh, uh, thoughtful and, um, and reserved, um, and stoic than he is sort of, uh, uh, headstrong and, and, uh, uh, and, and brash, like, like a Skywalker would be. Yeah. Um, and that's why, like, I think that Ray also falls into the, that camp, which is why, you know, I maintain that even if she's not a Kenobi by blood, she's kind of a Kenobi by legacy. Um, and and Kanan, like, he's, he's right there as well. The idea that he would say in a very similar fashion to Obi-Wan with um, with everything that happens with Satine, uh, you know, like he remains detached um, uh, or at least attempts to maintain this sort of distance. Um, mm-hmm. and, and in these meditations, I think in, at the beginning of the episode and like, like, okay, cats out of the bag. You guys have watched the episode. Don't listen to our recap here. If you haven't watched the episode. Yet. Um, so you've <laughs> yeah. been warned, like big, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to talk about it right now. Um, and you were warned by me several months ago. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, towards the end of season three, I started saying like, come on, um, I, I, if you were at all shocked by Kanan's sacrifice in this episode, um, you haven't been paying attention. Mm I, (laughs) I, and, and I think the beginning right here, uh, his meditation and then, and then when he cuts his hair, uh, I mean, like, come on. Big foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah it, it is absolutely. That is him acknowledging that uh, uh, he's come to the end of the path. Um, that that his that his journey is full circle. And you know, I think I think that it would be foolish for a Jedi to to resolve themselves to uh, to to their doom, as it were. To uh, pun mm-hmm. intended. Um, there you go. Because, as Yoda says, "Always in motion is the future," but. 
I think like in the exact same way as Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan goes like he leaves them on the Death Star um, to go shut down the shield generator or the, the tractor beam generator, um, knowing that there is a very high probability that he's not going to make it off of the Death Star alive. Mm-hmm. And obviously he 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 sacrifices himself in a way. Um, but with Kanan uh, and Obi-Wan in both of these moments, I think that they they hold out hope that that the force still has use for them. Um, but I, you know, I, uh, as Luke says, it, so it obeys your commands and I, I, or it controls your, controls your, your, your actions. And then, mm-hmm. and then Obi-Wan says partially, but it also obeys your commands. And it's, right. it's that's, it's that idea of like the force will sometimes move you into position. Um, but it's still kind of up to you whether or not you will fulfill, I think like what, what would be considered a destiny and, mm-hmm. and Kanan's sacrifice in this episode. I think he knows it as early as this scene. That's uh, what I was just going to ask you. I, I'm thinking to myself, does he sense something in the force to where he goes, Oh, this is my last mission. Or is it just one of those where he thinks yeah. this thing is coming to such a huge and I mean, you know, like this is they're gearing up for a yeah. major thing here and I could possibly die. Or yeah. does he actually know I mean, it? You know, does he actually feel it? I honestly think that he's known since mm-hmm. um since the the Loth Wolves on the highway. Mm. Um right. When right. when Hera was captured. I think that he absolutely in that in that interaction, he he realized what was gonna happen. Um, yeah. and the way that things needed to play out. <clears throat> that's my that's my reading of of the situation. And of course, we'll talk about it in when we watch Doom, but um or talk we'll, when we recap Doom. Uh but no one's ever really gone. So mm-hmm. um, Right, yeah. yeah. And and you just mentioned the uh I think it was a previous episode, Canon. He he tries to go into the Imperial territory yeah. out of concern for Hera. And so he's actually stopped by the Loth Wolves at that point as well. Um, so you can, count, you know, his his worries about being his mind not being all theirs are kind of justified, and and it, he kind of recognizes it at this moment as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just great opening. Uh, we jump to uh, Governor Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's torturing Hera for the location of the Rebel fleet. Uh, Thrawn enters the chamber for information on Hera's Calicori, a Sindula family heirloom. Uh, and then after he leaves, Price continues the torture. So a lot of stuff to, to a few things to break down in here is first of all, um, Price she is enjoying the fact that if she gets to torture Hera, uh, she's not even asking questions yet. She's just, yeah. just she's just going through the torture thing here. Uh, but then Thrawn comes in. Uh, he wants to know some things, obviously, and he has the Calicori. And another thing that uh, I had to, I was like looking around, like, wait a minute. Hera has a younger brother who who died when they were both children. Yeah. And do you remember anything about this? No, I, I think that that's okay, new information. New. Okay, this is new. Okay, yeah, yeah that's uh, that was a big thing, and I thought they were going to explore that a little more. Like, wait a minute, whoa, who is he? Did he have okay. anything to do with? So I have a theory. I have a theory. <clears throat> okay, um, it's a really weird detail to give us this late in the game, mm-hmm. um, but the way that Dave Filoni tells stories. Uh, makes me feel like um, Hera's story, even once 
Star Wars Rebels is over, uh, her story is not not done yet because mm. Star Wars Rebels has been the story of primarily Ezra Bridger. Um, I think personally, in a larger sense, it's been the story of Kanan. Um, uh, if you include uh, uh, the last Padawan and and New Dawn, um, and and I. Uh, you know, Hera has obviously been an important part of that, but it hasn't been her own story. And I think it's entirely possible that um, I don't think that we'll get like a series or anything like that um, about Hera. I think that they, if we get a story that takes place post Return of the Jedi, I think that Hera will be in it. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that this is setting up aspects of whatever that next story is with her. Okay. The other thing that I would throw out there is that much like the Ahsoka novel <clears throat> that they put out, that that they could very well be planning to put out a Hera novel that explains how she became involved in the rebellion because we still don't have that story. And mm-hmm. and um and and it would be cool if it actually started with a prologue. Um during the Clone Wars, and and if we learned exactly what happened there with with her brother, um, so yeah, I think like this is this is Dave Filoni. Uh, I don't know if it's him just planting uh, the seeds for something that will come in the future. I don't know if it's him um, creating job security by uh, <laughs> by adding in stories that still needed to be told that he's the only one who knows what that story is. Uh, no, I, I Dave doesn't need job security. I think that he works at Lucasfilm as long as he wants to work at Lucasfilm. Um, somebody somebody I commented on on the Facebook group on the Thunderquack Facebook group. Um, why don't they just give Dave his own? Right, um, his own movie already, and I think that question answers itself. I, I, they don't give it to him because he's doing such a good job with these shows. Why would you put him on a movie? I like we've talked about it. The a movie to me, it's like yeah, a movie is 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 more mainstream, but is it a bigger deal? Is it is it yeah. the 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 bigger project? I don't think that it is. I think it's easy to tell a story with Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia and Han Solo, right? Like I and and at this point now with Ray and Finn and Poe, like people love and Rose, people love those characters, mm-hmm. right? People already know those characters; they're attached to them. What's really hard is to go into the prequels and fix them over six <laughs> seasons of a TV series. Uh, It's really hard to start fresh with a bunch of characters we've never seen before with a Mandalorian who doesn't look like a Mandalorian and a Jedi who shoots a blaster and a kid who looks more like Aladdin than he does like Luke Skywalker and something that might kind of be a Wookiee but isn't really um, and all of that and to make us fall in love with them, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's the thing. I like Dave Filoni exactly where he is. Does that mean that I wouldn't love to see him do a movie? Of course I would. I want him to make a Hera standalone movie that is animated with Vanessa Marshall voicing that character and all of everything that that entails. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, like I also like, like I want him making these shows, these shows that <laughs> yeah. we have been watching since 2008, 10 years. Yeah. Um, 
and I don't want him to stop because yeah. I've enjoyed these last 10 years, uh, even even in the breaks in between. Um, so I don't, I don't know about you, but that's that's how oh, I yeah. feel on the subject. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I just yeah, that was uh, interesting to just one of the questions I had yeah. as far as um, uh, there's more to the calicory than meets the eye, I think. Yeah, well, hey, and the, the cal- I mean, here's the thing too. Like, uh, Thrawn, he's just he's mesmerized by this thing. I mean, he studies it like we've seen him in the past. He's really good about studying these things, and uh, for a moment there, he kind of he kind of kind of rubs the you know the, what's going on in Hera's face, and he kind of half apologizes, and then he he intends to keep the clor- the calicori anyway. So, uh, kind of rubbing it in her face a little bit, and then uh, we see Price. She continues to. Uh, do the, the torture. There was once a uh, portion of this torture where she kind of leans in and she grabs uh, Harry's face with her hand. And I thought it, I was just like, Oh, that's cool. That's kind of like a, something you would see. Like, uh, I want to say, where I, I'm thinking to myself, where have I seen that before? Like grabbing somebody's face and just taunting them right as they're torturing them. It's just, I just love that kind of just getting nasty with them. So I thought that was really cool. Um, so then we jump to Ezra. He's back on his, uh, I guess his old home, right? The old tower that was his home, uh, reaching out with yeah. the force and they, they, uh, come up with a plan. So what's the plan? How are we going to get her out of there? They're going to fly in on gliders, uh, blending in with the loft bats and evading the Imperial detection. So, uh, interesting thing. And I, I thought this was pretty cool because they're using the, uh, I guess the environment, you know, the, the loft bats now apparently are kind of just loose and they fly around a lot. So, an easy way for them to kind of blend in and uh, make it to the where they need to get to. Ezra is actually using the force to find out where she's at, and and he locates her, uh, and they go with the plan to to build the uh, the uh, gliders. So, yeah. um, anything anything going on here, Mike? You want to add as far as that? No, I, I love it, and um, and and this next scene uh, when when they take off is I think. Um, it's this really beautiful kind of like calm before the storm. Mm -hmm. And it's this, it's this moment of respite. And I think, um, you know, obviously we got a very long break between the last episode and this episode, but if you were watching them back to back as one continuous story, um, it's kind of like craziness, 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 craziness. And then the story stops for a second, slows down and gives us this great moment. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's, it is, Actually, I think probably one of my favorite moments in the entire series mm, because yeah. you've got, you know, our heroes in, are in probably the most desperate situation they've been in thus far. And uh, and and the chips are all down, uh, you know, and, and I, I, it seems like there's really not anything left to be hopeful about yet. Mm-hmm they still have hope and they're going to, yeah. they're going to rescue Hera and they're going to, they're going to save the day. And, and it's, and, and, um, there's that resolve in, and I think Kanan, even knowing that he, what he is going to go face and what's right. going to happen. Um, there's still like a, I think that he takes that moment to sort of like observe the, the beauty of it. And, uh, mm-hmm. even though he can't see, um, I think, I think he still understands. Um, well, yeah. Well, 
you know, this goes into this next scene where, um, you know, it's kind of like a montage. It's pretty cool. You get this montage of Zeb and Sabine and Ezra. They're building the gliders and it cuts back and forth and and you get Kanan and kind of his ritual uh, as he emerges with, you know, everybody's been talking about it. Even Hera talks about it here in a moment. His new look, he's got, you know, he shaved his beard and he cut his hair short. So um, really cool little montage there. And I believe in the comic, uh, Caleb cuts off his his braid and kind of lets his hair grow. So he yeah. kind of become the next, you know, he's becoming Canaan now at that stage of his life. Now you got, here's the interesting thing. You got him now as Canaan, he's cutting his hair to progress to his next stage, which I assume he's Caleb doom. Uh, and then, you know, I kind of, you kind of, like we talked about earlier, you kind of see the, uh, the clues here, what's going on in this episode. You're like, Oh boy, here we go. So I thought that was fantastic little montage of him, him doing that. So I had to go back to the comic just to see that. I'm like, Oh, that's right. So they did do that. So that was really cool to, to blend that all in. So I don't know if you got, have you, did you read that comic? The, the last Padawan? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. of course I have every episode I talk about. Everybody needs to go read the last <laughs> Padawan. No, it's the last Padawan is probably those two volumes are probably my favorite Star Wars comics of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah. As much as I love like the the Dark Empire, um, I, I I guess it's a trilogy technically. Um, yeah, I love those, and I love. There's a lot of stuff that I really love. Tag and Bink, obviously, I really love. But, but the yeah, the last Padawan, Kane and the last Padawan, those are top notch, and I think absolutely hands down the best that Marvel has done since the the buyout. I think that they're mm-hmm. the best comics that they've put together. It's like that Shattered Empire and and Lando um stand out to me as like the best stories that they've told in comic book format um so yeah man i love i love the last pad one um yeah yeah good stuff yeah so uh building on that you know gliders are ready Kanan, like i said he comes out with his new look yeah. uh, they jump on these things uh zeb kind of hooks him up to his bike and and uh they take off and head for uh uh head for Hera. so then we jump into um this really interesting meeting with Tarkin and uh, mm-hmm. and Thrawn, mm-hmm. and uh, this is really cool. Um, as the crew takes off, uh, they're making their way to the dome in Governor Price's office. Thrawn, meanwhile, goes to Coruscant to speak with the Emperor per- uh, uh, personally. So before that, though, like I said, he meets with yeah. Thrawn, and we get a lot of stuff here, Mike. With um, the arg- they're arguing about the, you know, here's. Krennic, he's dealing with Stardust and the Death Star, and Thrawn is dealing with, you know, he wants to do his Jedi, the TIE Defenders, and it's interesting how this politic thing is going on in in the Empire, you know, and where the money's going to go to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. You want anything to, uh, anything to add to that? No, I mean, I think that they, they uh, really sort of like fantastically deal with the idea of like, how come we never see the TIE Defenders? Yeah. Right. Yeah. How come it never happens? Well, it's Thrawn's project. Um, obviously, what happens in this episode sets it back and and shuts down production. Um, and I don't think that Thrawn's going to make it out of this story. I mean, like, I I don't see a way yeah. for him to to last through these failures, whether it's by the hand of the Emperor or 
somebody else manages to finally take him down. And I think that that honor probably belongs to Hera. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's this idea that, um, there are so many failures surrounding the tie defender project that regardless of whether or not it was a, a, a brilliant design, if there's nobody to champion it, the empire is a big organization and, you know, meanwhile, Krennic is so close to completing the Death Star and Tarkin refocuses mm-hmm. his efforts over there and goes, goes, whatever, Thrawn's thing is is a failure. Lothal is lost. Uh, uh, who cares, right? Um, yeah, right. Let's go, like, I'm going to go see what this thing that Krennic has. And then it turns out to be the Death Star and he goes, okay, well, I'm taking this, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, the the TIE Defender becomes kind of just a footnote. What I would love to see is if the TIE Defender actually came back in Episode 9. Wouldn't that be such a mm. cool thing? Yeah. Like, because like, obviously we know hyperspace tracking, that, that got dropped in uh, uh, Rogue One and then shows up in The Last Jedi. And the Empire has the – or sorry, the First Order has the Empire's whole archive. Um and maybe they're digging through it and they're going like, what can we build? What can we do to, to, to throw everything we have at, at the resistance and, and take over the galaxy. And wouldn't it be cool if they went, yeah, let's build like this, this tie defender thing that was, that was shelved. Like, why was it shelved? Look at this ship. This is brilliant. We could build a thousand of these and, and, and no X-wing squadron could stand against it and then we get to see poe dameron prove them wrong right so um (laughs) whether you know like maybe that's a comic or maybe that's a a, a, some other uh story but um that's what i love about the story group is that like they're they're everywhere they're everywhere dave and pablo and and uh, uh leland and everybody is like they are they're pulling the strings behind like it's you know what it is the the story group is the thing that people used to say about George Lucas. It's like, oh yeah, you know that every novel George Lucas has final say so and it like he reads them before they go out. So this is canon. Right? Mm-hmm. People used to say stuff like that, and I was always like, mm, I don't think that that's real. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. but now the story group is that. It's yeah. like, yeah, the, these stories go through the story group. And, and you know, like I think some things more so than others. Um, I don't think that they worry as much about all of the comics. But some of those, like some of the stories are definitely um, meant to link things together. So, yeah. No, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I, I'd love when they tie things together like this and, and we get, and I was, you know, I'm thinking, okay, um, this is a perfect opportunity to 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 build off of what Rogue One did. And you can kind of mention that in here. And they actually did that, which, I, like I said, I love this thing. And you talk about Stardust, you know, Tarkin mentions uh, uh, Krennic and the Stardust and how he's kind of like diverting funds to Star. And it's just this battle between the Death Star being completed and, you know, the money going to the Def- TIE Defender project. And like you said, Mike, we find out real quick uh, where that money's going to go to and where they're going to actually put all their eggs into to the Death Star basket, as it were. So, um, but yeah, I just kind of love that. So, so Thrawn takes off, which is kind of convenient. He he leaves because he has to go meet with the Emperor. So this is pretty big stuff that that 
you know, this involves, he's going to have to go talk to the emperor about this. So he takes off. Um, then we get to uh, the Lothbats and the crew. They're flying over. There's two stormtroopers that are talking. I don't know if you noticed, Mike, but one of them sound exactly like Dave Filoni. It had to be Dave Filoni. Uh, he does, oh, he I does didn't notice. Yeah, if you watch it again, the two stormtroopers that are talking as the they fly overhead, you know, it's uh, it's actually Dave Filoni. Um, can't miss that voice. He didn't even try to hide his voice. It was just something I actually jotted down. I go, that's Filoni. So. Uh, so the crew, they make it, uh, they make it to the top of the, uh, the platform here. And, uh, this is where it starts to really get crazy here. Uh, so Hera's refusing to talk. So price, she tries another method. She brings in the interrogation droid, seeing the droid before seeing a hand get, uh, subjected to this kind of thing. And, and I, it's kind of hard in the empire strikes back. You kind of like, okay, what really happened? It was a needle, but what's going on you see the after effects but it's kind of explained a little more here you see the effects of it a little more here with Hera and it's kind of gets you in this kind of weird kind of drunken state where you're kind of your inhibitions kind of go a little bit you know and you're not afraid to really say anything uh and you know obviously she's subjected to that and uh, she kind of lets things start to fly so I thought that was kind of funny seeing her uh Kind of her loose lips a little bit, not necessarily yeah. uh, on the plan, but just her talking about uh, Canaan and stuff like that. So I uh, thought that was cool. Any, anything, anything you want to add here, Mike? Uh, yeah, no, I no, I, but I, I'm, I'm like, I want to get to the to the good. good so stuff. the big, the good stuff. <laughs> well, here's Kanan. the thing too. Let's get to Canaan. So, so yeah. like I said, she's refusing to talk. They try to do yeah. this. It doesn't work. Um, she's trying to get re- the, the critical information. Nothing's working, but the rebels make their move. Kanan cuts his way into the chamber, um, from below frees her. Uh, he has the calicory on him and, uh, kind of the fight's going to ensue here, but I wanted to, to highlight one thing here to, uh, check out this, uh, this clip here between, uh, Hera and, and Kanan. Check this out. special mood thanks to the interrogation droid well i didn't like that droid kanan no i didn't like that droid either since we first met. I know, but you'll like this one. Kanan, this is mine. I know. Then it's not really a present? I gotta say, Mike, I I just love, uh, hopefully you got a chance to hear that, the, uh, the interaction between these two. And this is, again, another clue. I'm, I'm watching this going, oh man, they're really... They're really putting the feels on you right now because 
uh, this is, oh, this doesn't look, I don't know, man. I know I, you kind of know it's coming, but you're like, is it going to be this episode? Is it going to be down the line? Really putting it together. Just a really nice moment between these two. Um, like I said, I can feel like they've been close just by like their banter. They're just so comfortable with each other and they're really showing the love here. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it just all this tragedy that could happen, but they're there for each other at this moment right here. Just a really, really cool moment. I just wanted to kind of highlight that. It was kind of like the calm before the storm. You're like, oh, man, it's just really cool to see them together. So just love the banter there. Um, but we get to uh, – should we should we head to the big stuff here? Or uh, <laughs> this thing uh, really – I mean, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah. Let's let's go ahead and go to uh, to the scene here. Kane and Hera, they, they get away on the Lothback glider, uh, but are forced to crash land in the Emperor's fuel depot. Uh, Sabine and Ezra, having commandeered a gunship, have to move to pick them up. So um, Hera tells Kanan she loves him. And, it's not, it's, and she says, it's not the truth serum. It's me. It's all me. Yeah. And then finally, Ezra and Sabine arrive. But we see Price. She's following in a walker, and she refuses to let the rebels escape and she orders a fuel pod uh destroyed here yeah um and i'll tell you what the black here i'll just finish it out here the blast is so powerful reaching out with the force kanan holds back the inferno with one hand and pushes hera onto the gunship with the other suddenly uh his eyes become whole once more kanan at peace lets go of the blast moving the ship out of harm's way as the flames engulf him and- check this out know what to say now. I love you. Must be the truth here I'm talking. No. It's me. All me. Hey, enough of that. Time to go. Fuel pod, now! But, sir, the fuel. I gave you a direct order. tell you what here and harris yell out it gave me chills um this thing i'll tell you what star wars as a whole is the only kind of franchise a lot of times that gives me just these feelings yeah and this this is one of those moments that is i mean it's one of those iconic moments and it's just it, it was so beautifully done um i couldn't have thought of a better way for kanan to to go out he did he went out saving his family you know this is his family now and we've we've seen him grow with his family for the last few years now and this is his family save him just the power of 
of the force and the control that he had to stop that blast, to force them out of the way, um, the reactions. It was just one of those, all I can say is just a beautiful moment. One of those moments that will go down as like an iconic moment in all of Star Wars saga, not just mm-hmm. like animation, just all of Star Wars. So, tremendous scene um we kind of like you said we knew we kind of knew this was coming but it still was just as powerful as can be i i had it it was so it was so powerful to me i had to tweet out like as soon as i saw this i'm like and i don't usually tweet out that much about things like this but i was just like bravo feloni you and your team i mean that was that was a great great ending to a fantastic character like what are your thoughts yeah, I mean, I we knew it was coming, I but it still hit with a lot of impact. Um, yeah, and it was really beautiful, and it was this great moment. And when his eyes, the 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 milkiness just sort of uh, evaporates, yeah. and he can see again in that last moment. Um, you know, I mean, like that is it is a moment like Obi Wan sort of just just pausing looking over at Luke and then just holding his lightsaber up and just disappearing right um mm-hmm. yeah it is it's 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 really really beautiful and and the the animation in that moment the technical animation that they were doing on the flame and the lighting and and the colors and and um um just everything about it, the music especially. Is just the music was, oh man, great yeah. soundtrack. They yeah, did such a right. great job. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I think that they just they they absolutely they nailed it. Um, what a great send off for that character. And you know, like like the thing is, is that I don't think that this is the last that we'll see of Kanan before the series is out. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> one way or another, you know, like in, in one form or another. And I, I mean, I know that that's already true, but, um, you know, there's a reason, there's a reason. And Dave Filoni says that in the rebels recon, he's like, you know, like things happen for a reason. And, and Kanan does not sacrifice himself for nothing. Um, and I think right. that, that over the course of the next couple episodes, we're going to find out what that really means. And he knows what he's doing in that moment, that resolve, that, that sort of, um, stoic, I uh, just, yeah, resolve is just the best word that I can use to describe it where it's just like, he doesn't, he never hesitates. He, mm-hmm. he saves, those who he loves and look i mean like this has been telegraphed since the end of season one when he sacrifices himself to defeat the inquisitor um and obviously ezra shows up and saves him so they live to fight another day but kanan was ready to go like he was like he's like i'm doing this and i'm gonna save my friends right um yeah yeah, I mean, man, that, that feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Isn't it amazing that that's <laughs> yeah, right. only three years ago? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't. It it just feels like such a long time ago because then you think about like, well, and then the next thing that happens is that um, the the Tantive Four and the other uh, Bail Organa's ships they all come out of hyperspace. That great musical cue, they save the day, and then Ahsoka comes down the the stair, the the steps of that ladder. Um, and it's like, oh, it's like, oh, yeah, Ahsoka was in season two. All of that at Vader. <laughs> I know. All what? of that happened. And then season three, Thrawn and 
Rex and and uh, all of like like just just everything that's mm-hmm. happened in the course of this series. I can't believe how much story they've packed into such oh, a man. short amount of time, especially yeah. first season only being 13 episodes this season only being, I think what 16, 16. Um, yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and the connection to this character. I mean, I've said it before. Kanan is one of my favorite star Wars characters. He is up there with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Han Solo and Poe Dameron and, and, like he is he's in my personal hall of fame um i love the character so much and this moment is just i don't know it's everything that i love about about a jedi about a good jedi yeah. and you yeah, remember I mean, I mean like go back go back to the prologue episodes and go back to the speculation stuff i did not want jedi in this series i wanted a series mm. with no jedi mm-hmm. and that's not what we got. We actually got two and then Ahsoka shows up and Inquisitors and Vader <laughs> yeah, and all Vader, that stuff. Yeah. Darth yeah. Maul coming back. Obi-Wan Kenobi defeating Obi. <laughs> Darth Maul. I mean, like, yeah. Oh yeah. boy. It's kind of all hitting me right now that, that we're, that this series is coming to a close. And I think because we know it's coming to a close, it's, it's kind of, it's, there's a little bit, it's a little bit more painful even than, mm-hmm. than, clone wars ending because the way that clone wars ended it was like well it's done but we're gonna give you the last season and you know like we've got these episodes done so we're gonna release them on netflix and um and all that sort of stuff but um it was like like we kind of got our last hurrah with the clone wars knowing that something else was coming pretty soon after um but with this one, it's like, well, we don't really, we know that something's obviously in the works. I mean, they've been mm-hmm. Bob Iger alluded to that a few weeks back on that earnings call, but we don't really know what it is. We don't really know where we're going next. Um, but we know that the story for these characters is coming to an end. And mm-hmm. that is, I don't know. There's something, there's something really, really sad about that. I mean, like, I think it's also time. I, I felt that way last year. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's a good, yeah, yeah, I would rather that it ends on Dave's terms than, than that's the thing yeah. in some other way. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. but that doesn't mean that it's not bittersweet And this moment is just, that is, I think the best word that I can use is bittersweet. Um, yeah, we knew it that's was coming. A, we saw it a yeah. million miles away, but <laughs> it's still, it still hit you. Yeah. No, it's, it's up there. I mean, you know, top. I don't know. I, I could put this top one, two, three, as far as moments in this series, as far yeah. as just the impact and, you know, just him watching him use the force there and have to force push Hera back into the, the tie and, and the explosion and the fire is the only things you kind of hear as he dies. And then for the first time in the series, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this, the ending title kind of fades to a white, uh, yeah. and we just get kind of a, that haunting kind of, music whatever it is that, as it fades out just wow just a powerful powerful moment so definitely a standout episode uh mike we we kind of just roll right into doom here uh actually yeah. these two these two uh obviously complement each other just like they flow right into the other kind of like a two-parter here um we start off with uh kind of right in the aftermath of the explosion uh, at the of the fuel depot and uh, Governor Price, she's informed that Kanan Jarrus has been killed. Uh, but with the destruction of the fuel depot, the production of the Tide Defenders will halt. So Price decides to throw a parade to celebrate the Empire's victory and hide 
the depot explosion from the Imperial High Command. So I don't know what I, I don't like like Thrawn says, like, did you really think that that was going to work? Like, who knows what she was hmm. thinking? I mean, obviously, she thinks that, hey, I have, she has the she has the lightsaber. She has Kanan's lightsaber. She has like a trophy. She thinks that's going to kind of um, impress Thrawn. But he's like, no, what, what do you you know? I'm here for this TIE Defender program. We're going to crush the rebellion. It's not about necessarily one Jedi. I think a lot of the, his, um, his, I guess, direction is more at Hera because she's the one that knows more about what's going on. You know, she's a, well, she's a, she's a general at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's a general at this point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she's connected to the, re- directly connected to the rebellion, killing Kanan yeah. gains them nothing. Right, exactly. That's kind of as, as a matter of fact. I mean, like, I think that that Thrawn looks at it as a strategic misstep because killing Kanan creates a martyr, mm-hmm. and that gives the the rebels on Lothal something to fight for, and that's the last thing that that Thrawn wants. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I, yeah, Price is in for it let's say yeah <laughs> she's in for it. yeah and like i said she thinks this uh this you know parade is gonna hide anything but we'll find out pretty quick that thrawn's not having any of that so um and then we jump to um a really just a, a tough moment the gross crew they return home obviously they're crushed at the loss of of canaan here and upon learning of the empire's plans for a parade they resolve uh, to strike back. So this episode starts with Harris kind of looking out at the sunrise, kind of just like Kanan did in the previous episode. I thought that was a really cool little uh, kind of callback to each other there. But the, um, you know, they're kind of the crew here, Sabine and Ezra and the rest of them, they kind of bond over this for a moment and they're trying to figure out, you know, what the heck are they going to do now? It's like, you know, Kanan's death, He's he was kind of like the leader of this thing somewhat. It, you know, it's more Hera, but I don't know. It's like how are they gonna deal with this demoralizing loss of of this person, and where do they go from here? So it was a really cool moment to see them all get together, um, but also that they're gonna use this as, like you said, Mike. It's almost like he was, like you said, he's a martyr. Like they're gonna gain some momentum from this. They're gonna gain some. You know, they got to fight back. And even though they even say in this episode, Mothma, she's like, you know, Lothal's a lost cause. We're not going to send any more help to you guys. Um, Just, you know, forget about it. It's done. But no, they don't want to do that. They're going to they're going to kind of, you know, go for it and and try to hit them where it hurts. So um, anything else, Mike, as far as them getting together and what's going on with the the crew there? You know, I didn't. I didn't like tear up when Kanan died because, like I said, like I kind of saw this coming, and I, I don't know, there's like there's a bit of the stoicism. I, I, one of the reasons why I love Kanan's character so much is that I feel like I share a lot of personality traits with him, um, mm-hmm. and that stoicism, that aspect of it, is is definitely there. So I was like, well, this is, I mean, like, you can't, I can't be upset over this. It's it it was the right thing for him to do, and you know he saved his friends and all that. Um, and then this episode Doom starts and they get back and I uh, and and Hera immediately kind of like runs in by herself. Yeah. And then she leaves like uh, what's going on. 
Right. And when Zeb realizes that Kanan's not with him, he's like, where's Kanan? And nobody's telling him. He's like, where's Kanan? And it's like, and Steve Bloom's performance on that is like, it was his performance. And then Taylor Gray and Tia Sirkar, they all, the three of them did such a, an incredible job of playing that right. moment. But like, yeah. I mean, like even now talking about it, it's, it, it, it makes me a little bit emotional because in that moment, like that was when it hit me that he was gone. It wasn't so much Kanan being gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it was how it affected his family. His, oh, his, yeah. his, people his, his family. Him, yeah, right? you're right. I, sh- I see, keep saying crew, but you're yeah. right. It's his family. You know, Sabine jumps yeah, off. She throws her helmet. Yeah. Uh, she throws her helmet down. And I think the shot, um, the shot that really gets you is you see Chopper roll up to Hera and he kind of puts mm-hmm. his little um, mechanical yeah. hand and holds That's her hand. That's the one that, like, yeah. oh man. That one undid me because wow. Chopper, like we know Chopper is, he's yeah. Chopper. It's, he's, he's, he's the worst, right? But yeah, he is, right? Yeah. In that yeah. moment, moment, he is, he is like, a, like all good droids, um, a true companion to his master and and that yeah that that little you see it coming right like you kind of see it coming he's going to roll up and he kind of positions himself and you know that that little claw is going to come out and um but the way that they animated it was so perfect the way that Hera kind of clasps and just kind of like holds it like it's so authentic it's so real like i said that's the that's the moment that really undid me where i was like okay here it comes because like i can't i can't fight it um yeah yeah it's it's really really great yeah uh so we we jump from that to um the loth wolves the loth wolves arrived and uh one of them snarls and he says you and here's the thing with these loth wolves i had to like I did the thing where I put the closed captioning on because it's really hard sometimes to make out exactly what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at this point, he says, uh, the, one of the lawful says, he kind of snarls and he says, you. So um, at this point, the lawful wolves are kind of aggressive and they start chasing uh they chase Ezra around a little bit. So I was like, wow, what is going on here? What's what's all with all this aggressiveness? Um, any thoughts on on these Lothwolves and what's, are they trying to get Ezra to shake out of his funk or or any thoughts on that, Mike, what what they're doing? Um, I think that they're leading him. Right. And I think that, I think that they're also trying to teach him a lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that, that in the wake of this, that Ezra can go to a dark place and we all know what, what, that is fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering and what is what did the what does um doom the the big loth wolf say to him he says fear right Right. Mm -hmm. so i think that that's that's what they're doing like they're trying to move him to that um and 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 i mean like they're obviously leading him towards something towards towards the jedi temple right so right and then maybe helping him come to terms with uh, the death of Kanan because he is kind of like he yeah. just he's a, he's also I mean he's he's even says in this episode he feels you know lost doesn't want to do he's lost his master so yeah, yeah he's definitely coming to terms with that but that's a good point too Mike that that they are leading him 
in a certain direction as well. Cause at one point they kind of run and they kind of nudge, nudge him and kind of knock him over and all that kind of thing. So yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of that. Um, then it kind of jumps back and forth a little bit. It, it goes to Thrawn. He contacts Price. Uh, obviously, he's displeased. He's uh, seeing through the facade of the parade. Uh, his tie defender program is now over with the loss of the fuel supply, and Price's actions have thus handed the rebels a victory. And this is a that I think that was the the thing that I came away from this was, um, you know, he's chewing out Thrawn's chewing out Price. Like, you know, you think you did something great, but you know, you actually helped out the rebellion. You know, I mean, yeah, you thought it was good getting Canaan, mm-hmm. but in all that, you've made it even a, it's, you made it worse, basically. And so he is yeah. definitely not pleased with her. Uh, something's going to happen with her. He even says, like, I'm going to deal with you. Uh, I don't know if he says later, but he basically says, you know, I'll deal with you another time. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think he says when I return or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, I don't, yeah, just where, any thoughts on where she might go, Mike? I mean, it, I, I thought I heard something about in the trailer they show her with the rebels at one point. Um, I, I have to go back and look at that. They, I'd have, to, I'd have so? to look at that. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't either. You Maybe. think she could um, potentially turn like uh, Callus did? I, you know, I think I would. I would. Um, I, yeah, kind of liken it to. Um, Oh, who is the the character from the first season? The the one that the one that the 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 politician. This was a senator. I think it was the senator, senator, the the Lothal senator, that Mm -hmm. is kind of like working with the empire in the beginning. But then, um, when she realizes that that everybody else is basically being executed by Thrawn. She comes mm-hmm. to the rebels. I think it'll be a situation like that. Yeah. It'll be like, Oh, like Thrawn's <laughs> going to come back and kill me. So I better, yeah. I better do something about this. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, here's the problem with, with this as well as like, um, like I, we mentioned earlier is like he allowed, she allowed, yeah, she didn't get Kanan, but she allowed, the rebels to rescue Hera, mm-hmm. which Tarkin thinks is a more high value prisoner because she yeah. has, like I said, she has this useful intelligence on the rebellion as, and yeah. she's obviously smart. And so yeah. that would be a better person to get than Kanan. Yeah. Hera is a major rebel organizer. She's one of the leaders. She's part of the leadership of the rebel Alliance. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hera is definitely a high value target for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so we get a point uh, when while Hera mourns with Chopper, Sabine and Zeb proceed with their plan. So they have this plan of attacking um, the parade. So uh, they take out a squad of troopers. Uh, they draw out Rook in the process and the Empire. Uh, they're saying the Empire took Kanan from them. They're going to take something from the Empire. But it but again, it starts with uh, we get another shot of Hera kind of seeing her grieve. Uh, she goes to um, Kanan's. Um, I don't know if it's a what it exactly it is it like a temple or whatever, but his little meditation area. He's got mm-hmm. his mask is still sitting on the table, and yeah. uh, she's kind of kicking herself because she never really uh, told Kanan how she felt um, before the mission. That's kind of been a I, I've noticed a couple of people talking about this on Twitter as far as um, this is the first time that she actually 
says how she feels. Like, you can definitely tell there's something going on with these two throughout this whole series. And I think we called that, you know, from the very beginning that there's something going on between these two. But um, I don't think that this is like the first time. I think they had obviously knew about each other. And uh, I don't know. You got any thoughts on that? It, this could be the first time, Mike, that she's. No, I mean, I I think yeah. that Kanan alludes to it a, a, a few episodes ago of like, you know, the the idea that um, when he's like, well, when like, have you ever thought about what happens when all this is over? And she's like, no, I guess I haven't. And he's like, then I guess you never really thought about us. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so it's like they've had the conversations before and and. I think um, if if a new dawn is sort of any indication of where their relationship starts, um, at some point they kind of played around with the idea of being together. But but she is married to her work, and yeah. he's a Jedi, and so I think like there's always this thing of like no, it can never work. But um, but her obviously going here in these in these final moments. Uh, or you know, post um, his his death, she's thinking like I we, we had we had all this time to be together, and I right. didn't, and we weren't right? Um, right. And now you know, I thought there'd be time, sort of thing. And there's no time because he's gone. So yeah, I she, she definitely feels responsible. Um, she even states that you know, Kanan told her like uh, Kanan you know, told her, you know, don't start a war. And, uh, so she's dealing with that kind of grieving through that process. And then mm-hmm. she says, uh, Kanan rescued me and my family, uh, history. Cause she, you know, she has the Calicory now and she, um, you know, Kanan obviously recognizes that Kanan rescued that for her. So just to her kind of coming to terms with everything that, uh, that's happened in the, in this last, you know, few minutes of this, of the show here. So, Another, like I said, another great moment with her, and just um, gives you this, like, oh man, you just feel this, like, man, that's it's it's just rough for her. So, it's kind of she now she's got to kind of get out of that funk and get back into the fight. So, um, let's see where where are we at now, Mike? We're at uh, um oh so 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 but now here's the thing now yeah. we go back and forth. This is kind of a junk cutting a lot. Having wandered the Lothal plains into the night, Ezra yeah. awakens to find the giant. Lothwolf before him. It calls himself Doom Canaan's birth name. So yes. here we go. Here we go. And now this got, is where and it has the claw. The the Oh yeah, that, yeah. That yeah. that three-toed claw. Which um you know it's really cool. If you look at the Lothwolves, they have three-toed claws. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, I don't think that they, they, that was the plan from the beginning. Um, but I do think that when it came time to create the Lothwolves, I do think that that, that Dave made that. Because I always looked at it and I was like, why did they have like, they have like bird feet almost, right? Mm-hmm. They're like wolves with these bird feet. And then they've got those weird scales on their face. And I'm like, you know, it's part of it's, okay, let's create a cool Star Wars version of a giant wolf. But then I look at it and it's like, oh, the three toes, you see it on its forehead and you go, oh, (laughs) Kanan was always the loath wolf. Like it, 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 
that connection was there from the beginning, wherever that symbol came from, it's connected to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it's also connected to the rebel Alliance logo and, and the, the, the Phoenix and all that. But yeah, I thought that that was awesome. Um, I love yeah. that when I saw it, I was like, ah, this, <laughs> this wolf is doom and it's giving Ezra a message. So well, like, come on, if that's not, the sort of, I don't know if I want to use the word reincarnation or just sort of like, like it, an aspect of Kanan's essence of his, of his, um, consciousness in the force. I mean, come on. It's obvious that that's, that's the connection, right? Well, here's, that's the thing that I think that's the big question, um, that, that I had coming out of this. Cause like I said, Ezra says, who are you? And he said, and the, the wolf goes, I am doom. Now, um, it's clear he has some connection to Canaan, uh, like everything you said, Mike. But whether he is actually Canaan in another form is still unclear to me. Uh, sure. And and I don't – a part of me – I was kind of almost bummed a little bit because I'm like, why couldn't he have just been like a force ghost? But he can't – that's not his thing. I mean Qui-Gon is the only one that could do that at this point. Well, I guess we've seen kind of Yoda do – some sort of, I guess, thing. He he came to to Ezra at one point. Yoda creates a force projection in the same way yeah. that Luke does. Luke does, yeah. In the right. Last Jedi, that's one of my things. Is people go like, "Well, Luke can't do that," and it's like, um, "Yoda does it in Star Wars Rebels." It's it really right. wasn't a big deal when he did it either. Now, of course, they were also inside the Jedi Temple and and all of that, but um, you know, so maybe there was there there's some loopholes there to where it's a little bit easier for Yoda to do it. But yeah. Um, no, see, I don't, this is the thing. Kanan doesn't have the training that Yoda and Obi-Wan have via Qui-Gon to retain his, his, Mm -hmm. um, consciousness inside the force and, and return as a, as a force ghost. But he is a powerful Jedi um, he sacrifices himself. Um, it is not. I don't think that it's crazy to to believe that that he's part of him is retained right. in the force. Right. I mean, right. yeah, it, it's. Yeah, I think we I don't think really right. have an answer on that. We kind of have a partial yeah. answer. Right. right. On right. on what that means to to. um to return as a force ghost in the way that Yoda and Obi-Wan do. But Qui-Gon never actually does it. I know there's the deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith and all that, but, and obviously we see him in the Mortis trilogy, but again, that's a bit of a loophole. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that we're going to learn that that temple on Lothal is connected to Mortis. um, If we haven't already basically confirmed that with some of the, the pictures and that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. It, yeah, there's there there's a there's a connection there. Um right. and Kanan Lothal is special. There's something special about Lothal. And Kanan is now connected to Lothal because that's where he sacrificed mm-hmm. himself. So like the you know, the the there was the EU idea that um that the cave on Dagobah that it, it was imbued with the dark side because something had happened there, right? Mm-hmm. Something, something had occurred there and it was 
the source of 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 sort of like this well of dark side energy and that's why the cave feels the way that it does and when luke goes in all that goes down and obviously the the temple on octo uh is very similar right um powerful light above powerful darkness beneath right mm-hmm. um I think that Lothal is similarly a place like this. And I think that Kanan's actions, if that tracks, if those other ideas are true, then Kanan's sacrifice in the fuel depot on Lothal creates a connection between his essence in the force and that location. And Mm -hmm. I think that that connection might be powerful enough for Kanan to return in some form and that form right. is the form of a loath wolf and right. um and he's not able to directly communicate with ezra in the way that maybe he would want to to tell ezra you need to go to the jedi temple you need to protect it from the empire because that's what he is trying to get across to him but um he does get it across to him eventually <laughs> it just takes yeah. a little bit of convincing yeah, I think you're right because, like I said, it can be. I, I know it'd be cool to see him as a force ghost, but that just can't happen because, like you said, there's just he's just not there yet. But I think a lot of people are gonna are gonna go with. It's almost like what's your interpretation? Well, I think most people are gonna think, well, yeah, I somehow, like you said, my Kanan goes into the force, but he can't do what Obi Wan and some of the other ones have done, but somehow manifest himself through these loath wolves that yeah. seem to have a connection to the force already. So, yeah, I, I think that makes, um, it makes a lot of sense that, uh, you know, obviously he says he's doomed and all that, but you know, you're just wondering, this is really getting deep into the force now. I mean, when they're able to kind of manifest through these animals. So, uh, but I think, I think you're right. I think that's where most people are going to, are going to go with, but, uh, but again, it could be. It's kind of unclear. It is. It's this is Dave Filoni we're talking about here, and he yeah. he sometimes likes to do, do this thing here. So um, great. Can, you, scene, can you can you guys hear the the cameo from Kara in the background? Did you hear that? Barely, barely. <laughs> barely. <laughs> I thought I, I heard I'm not even going to apologize for it. But yeah, if you guys hear Kara <laughs> in the background, they just got home. She's um, part of the podcast. Yeah. Sir. That's that's all good. Quiver listeners um, know her well because she oh, okay, interrupts good. us constantly. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, we we kind of jump back and forth. You know, Zeb yeah. and Sabine, they're um, they're doing their thing. They're connecting um, to the Imperial network, uh, and they find out that you know the the factories are down. So uh, basically, Kanan completed the mission. You know, it's like hey, the mission's done. So uh, they're doing their thing there. Uh, like I said, that the, the Lothal shows up. Uh, and then we get to uh, Re- Zeb. He faces off against Rook, and uh, Sabine joins in as Rook shows off his kind of like his. He has this cloaking device now, um, something uh, I guess new to the. I don't think I've seen this used before. I'm trying to think back in Star Wars, and this is uh, something new. I think it's done through his. Um, his, his suit or whatever, Mike. Is that what you got? Like his cloaking suit or something like that? Yeah. Um, and in the in the trivia section on on the episode guide, it refers to the same sort of like the 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 effect is very similar to the the cloaking in um, 
in that Clone Wars episode, I think in mm-hmm. was it Cat and Mouse? Is that the one? The ship Cat cloaks? And Mouse, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 And so the implication there is that they're somehow connected. Um, I don't know. I it, this always bugs me. I always hate it. I I hate cloaking device <laughs> things. It just personal like the into like the personal cloaking device thing. I don't know. The only person who pulls it off. It's a tough look to pull off, and I think the only one who pulls it off is the Predator. And I think that oh, it kind of needs to be like left as the Predator's thing because it's kind it's part of his story, right? But mm-hmm. um, for our younger listeners, the the Predator is a, f- a series of, uh, of of live action films about an alien that comes to Earth, hunts people, Schwarzenegger, Danny Glover, and whatever. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of the kids might not. Actually, I guess that there was, like, Predators and there was Alien versus Predator and stuff. But, um, oh, well. yeah, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. It kind of annoys me. Rook annoys me. I don't like this character. You don't I, like I'm Rook, just being huh? brutally honest about it. I just – Okay. I don't – I don't know. I don't know what he brings to it that, that – other characters haven't in the past, you know, I, I don't know. I just think he's really one dimensional. I think it's kind of lame. He's just always able to like out, out move them. And just it's like, barely, huh? yeah, I At just, least not it just this bothers time. me. Yeah. Not yeah. this time. I mean, yeah. Zeb wails on him. Um, and I was kind of hoping that they'd go there, but oh, well, well, it, well, let's talk about that for yeah. a second. Actually, actually we'll get there. Um, what, yeah, go ahead, just continue. before this, yeah, just before this, um, again, we get another, scene with uh with with ezra and uh and the you know like i don't know what to call him but the giant the giant loth wolf and uh here's a quick clip of uh, their interaction here check this out that was my master's what do you want from me yeah the wolves are chasing me why I didn't mean to run. I, I just, I, I feel lost without my master. He was wise and brave. He cared. He was there for me when no one else was. There was so much more I needed to learn from him. I am afraid, all right? I'm afraid. Everything seems so hopeless now. So, Mike, he finds out that we get a, a, some more conversation here. Yeah. Uh, the loaf will be saying fear, fight together. Um, and then he gets the, the tablet and he says uh, he's talking about the Jedi Temple. So we know where they're going. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to look at the tablet. Uh, I was trying to figure out, like, okay, there's hands there. And I, I don't know what the meaning is. I didn't get a chance to try to, like, research it or anything. Uh, I don't know if you have any clues of – what's going on with that tablet did you get a chance to see what was on the tablet um doesn't it have uh, it's just like a hand like a hand that's open a hand yeah. that's like a fist and then um let me go back here i'll go into the episode i think it's closed take a look. 
Um, and it's like, what? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with the with the tablet there. It's just he says, go back uh, to the temple, take it to the temple. Oh, there's so, no picture of it in the. Show. Oh, there's not. I was hoping that there would be in the in the episode guide, but um, yeah, yeah, no, uh, no, um, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I don't remember exactly what's on it. I've been so focused on on that shot in in one of our upcoming episodes of the um, the. Oh no, I was right. Yeah, it is. It's in the behind the scenes. Um, yeah, there are. That. So yeah, it does. It has the 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 father the 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 son and the daughter and so yeah there are like these four um these four hands on it and and then the father the son and the daughter all have a hand up and the hand is circled and i can't see the detail on the hands mm-hmm on their hands that they're holding up, but I think that they're meant to correlate to the hands on on the the tablet. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can see on so there are three sides to this triangle because it's a triangle the doy. So on the three sides, so on one side you've got the father, the son, and the daughter. On the other side you have the um, the I think that were they. Were they ever referenced as the wills? The 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 five I think so. Yeah. The five um the five aspects of the force that that Yoda meets. Um, oh yeah, yeah. At the end of the Clone Wars, right? So mm-hmm. they're on one side and then on the other side is um it's sort of like a hill and then there are the mounds and then and then like there's like two mounds in the distance and then one really big one in the center and the sun sort of um, setting, it is very clearly meant to represent the Jedi temple on Lothal. And, mm. and then there are sort of like, like these stars, it looks like a bit of like a, like a star chart. Um, and then those hands in the middle of the triangle. So yeah, it like, there's very clearly some sort of a connection between Mortis, the place where Yoda travels to. Um, oh, I can't remember what that was called. And then the temple on Lothal, which makes sense because of what we've seen already, which is, you know, uh, Kanan's vision of the Inquisitor in the temple and then um, Ezra and Yoda uh, talking in the temple and all of that. Like, they're, they're, it's clearly some sort of a nexus in the Force. Um, mm-hmm. And then the backside of the tablet is sort of like the Triforce in Legend of Zelda. Right, like there's these three triangles, but then the triangles are sort of on the edge of these circles that all kind of meet, and then there are circles within the triangles that kind of match the right. star chart on the on the flip side. So, um, and then it's it's referred to as the Lothal Keystone. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. I was one of those where man, what. I, well, I, obviously, we'll get more in these yeah. next couple episodes, but I thought it was a, a cool little thing to kind of tease us with what, that little tablet there. Uh, and then it jumps to like you were just going to say, Mike, I think we thought I, I was like, man, they're, yeah. they're really going here with Zeb and Sabine. They finally get Rook and they start. Zeb just starts wailing on this dude, man. He's just he's 
going to kill him, I think, you know? Oh, like, he is. Whoa. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, no, and totally. Sabine has to back him off. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, wow, this is this is some powerful stuff here. Just he was he had enough, you know, he's like letting it all out. You know, he killed Kanan. It's time for not him, but, you know, the Empire killed Kanan. So, he and was you just know, I think on the Clone Wars that 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 would have ended the way that you expected. I think to. so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, then we get to the final shot with uh, with Doom. And uh, and Ezra, and he's talking about the Jedi Temple, Mike, and he and he makes some uh, he makes some comments about it. He says, "Danger, secrets within, knowledge, destruction, restore past, redeem the future." And this is uh, the Loaf of Doom talking about what's what to expect. Okay, are I you ready, the Jedi Temple? Yeah. Are you ready? So, Anakin Skywalker was meant to be the chosen one, right? Right. Um, he goes to Mortis and he has a choice to make. He either uh, saves the father or, you know, lets the, the son kill the father. And, and we know what happens. The The son kills the father and uh, uh, and the daughter dies as well. Right. And so it's basically just um, like the, the son wins, the dark side wins. Mm-hmm. And then and then. Anakin does that thing at the end where he kind of like he he controls both of them, right? Both sides. And he's kind of like like and it's unclear. It's it's somewhat unclear. But in that moment, in that in that vision of the future, we see Vader. We see the mask right in, in the smoke. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, you know, everything's kind of over and, and it's unclear we don't really have an answer about what happened. Um, Anakin, I think was supposed to balance the force. I think that Anakin, I think that he tried and I think that he, he stayed it for a little while, but, but eventually the dark side did obviously win out, um, Mm -hmm. because Palpatine grew more powerful and he fell to the dark side and the Jedi were extinguished, uh, exterminated and um and balance was restored to mm-hmm. sith to jedi right and I, of course obviously there are these other jedi around and all that sort of thing but there are also other dark side users so the balance i think is maintained i think that the balance is still there yeah but um but the dark side is in power even though even though the force is balanced the dark side still has sort of dominion over the over the universe over the galaxy and okay. I think that what the wolf says, what what does the wolf say? He says So danger Doom says Yeah, go ahead. Danger, secrets within, knowledge, destruction, resume the past or restore the past, redeem the future. Yeah, so I think that restore the past is referring to what happened on Mortis. Mm-hmm. Um the daughter's essence was transferred into Ahsoka. And I think that as long as Ahsoka was alive, that that was stopping that balance from, from from that, the past from being restored. Ahsoka was killed by Vader. I think that we can, can go ahead and assume that now. Now, no one's ever really gone. So even though her physical body may, may be gone, um, Mm -hmm. Ahsoka lives um, that's what my shirt says at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I, the, the, we've seen the convoy a lot, right? 
Yes, we have, we will see it again too. We will see it again because if you look at the yeah. image from next from from this next week's episodes, the convoy is sitting on the daughter's shoulder. Mm-hmm. And um and the last time that we saw well not the last time we saw the convoy, but immediately after Ahsoka's death, we saw the convoy. Um, right. which said and I said it back then. I mean, like so she's connected to the daughter. I went back and I watched those episodes of the Mortis trilogy to confirm what I remembered. And it's like, yeah, they like the essence of the daughter gets transferred into Ahsoka. She becomes like the the as much as Anakin is the embodiment of the dark side and the sun. Right. She becomes the, the, the daughter and they kind of go back out into the galaxy and everything happens, which them coming back together in the Sith temple was not a coincidence. That was the force, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. battle and what happened, that explosion at the end, I don't think was the temple. I think the explosion at the end was the daughter escaping from Ahsoka, right? Mm. Like sort of like, like along with Ahsoka's force essence, like all of that happening. Right. And Mm. as I've said earlier this season, Kanan and the father look very similar, especially as Kanan grew the beard out and all Mm. of that. I think that Kanan is connected to the father as well because Kanan is a balanced Jedi. He's he's like Qui-Gon, he's like Obi-Wan, like he's a very centered, balanced. He's a Jedi renegade, right? And like the 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 those those renegade Jedi like they are they're closer to the balance of the force. Like they're the living force. Right. And, and like, that's what Qui-Gon sort of espoused was the, was the, was the living force and not this idea of this dichotomy of the dark side and the light side, but of the living force where, you know, which, which is what Luke talks about in the last Jedi, the decay and death. It's all part of the same cycle that, that death breeds new life. It's necessary in order for, for, um, life to continue. The, the light side doesn't exist without the dark side. They're connected, right? right? And the father, I think, represents that. And I think that Kanan represented that as well. Um, but balanced, right? Because like, nature finds an equilibrium. And, and like dark side, light side, it's, uh, it's not good or evil. It's just nature. It's the force, right? Mm-hmm. And, right. and that's, that's the father represents that and Kanan represents that, I think. Um, and then, and then Maul represented the sun for obvious reasons. I mean, Sam Witwer voiced both of them. There's a lot of similar looks. The, the sun also looked an awful lot like the Inquisitor. Kanan defeated the Inquisitor. The Inquisitor came back and, like, taught Kanan a lesson or two. Yeah, yeah. It's all connected. Kanan mm-hmm. put that helmet on. Like, it's like there's so much going on. There's so much going on here and i think mm-hmm. that we're going to get our answers next week i think but so. i think that I think, the answers yeah. are already in front of us you know what i mean like you yeah. just have to kind of uh, open your eyes a little bit well yeah definitely with the like you're talking about it you know we seen in the trailers i mean we got yeah the more with the mortar stuff the convoy i think this is like i think mm-hmm. you got you're on to something that's starting to come together and we could find out as soon as as next week uh maybe what all this means yeah. so that's pretty exciting to 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 find out of man yeah. this is gonna be crazy going to this i think uh all the paths well, we'll are just, converging right that's yeah right yeah it's 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 man it's exciting um i guess we'll just uh let's let's finish it out here yeah let's wrap uh, it up. sabine and zeb return to hera they inform her that the tide defender factories were shut down um uh and then hera says we still uh then we have a chance we can still beat them 
uh, with that, Ezra enters, saying that the Jedi Temple is in danger, and they're the only ones that can do anything about it. Here's the, the end of it. Check this out. Was your mission a success? No, but yours was. The TIE Defender factories have shut down. We didn't fail, Hera. Kanan made sure of it. In their attempt to destroy us, the Empire blew up their own refinery. They have no fuel for the factories. Their entire production line has stopped. Then we have a chance. We can still beat them. And I know what our first mission is. The Jedi Temple is in danger. And we're the only ones who can do anything about it. So there you go, Mike. I think it kind of ends on a, a really cool note that Hera adds Kanan to her family, Calicori, uh, and adds her um, Calicori to, to his little shrine there. I thought it was a really neat moment there. Kanan sacrifice shuts down the production line. Mm-hmm. Um Stalls is a defender project, so now we're going to get, you know, all the money is going to go to Stardust now, and we'll get to Death Star. We all know the rest of that. Uh, but I think this episode also gave us a chance to kind of adjust the fact that Kanan is dead. Uh, he is gone, but he's still around. Um, he's still helping out Ezra. So um, just a couple of really, I mean, what a way to start off this last half. I mean, fantastic stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. Any final comments before we? I, you know, I have one more up? observation. I'm looking at, I'm staring at this this behind the scenes gallery of this tablet, um, mm-hmm. the the keystone, and okay. the design on the backside. I was looking at, it and I was like, wow, that really reminds me of something. And I'm sort of as a as a graphic designer and illustrator, I'm just sort of breaking down the the shapes in the in these triangles on the backside. And I yeah. like it clicked and I went, it actually looks an awful lot like kind of like the Sith holocron. The Sith holocron was yeah. a, mm-hmm. a rectangular pyramid. So it right. was it's triangle is four triangles on a on a square base, basically. Um, uh, this would be a triangular py- pyramid. So it's three triangles on a on a triangular base. But there's still there's a very sort of eerie similarity and just because we've only seen sith holocrons as triangles and 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 jedi holocrons as squares doesn't really mean anything right i mean like that's just we've only really seen two or three holocrons in the series so um it could really mean anything and and when the holocron when the the jedi holocron separates there are triangles within it so mm-hmm. i don't know like i there's there's an aspect of this that that maybe that this might be like an ancient holocron in a sort of way like the like these images might be very similar in 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 design to to how a, how a holocron works or maybe the Jedi temple itself is a Jedi holocron. Hmm. Like maybe it's an ancient Jedi holocron, right? I don't know. I'm just like, this is totally me just like seeing these shapes and going like, there's a, I feel like there's a connection there. So I could be totally off base. Just like everything else I've said, take all of the things I'm saying with a grain of salt. I am totally just speculating and spitballing, but correct me if I'm wrong. That's why that's why everybody's listening to me talk, right? Because people like people hey. like it when I do this stuff. So we'll find out soon enough. But we yeah, will I'm find out soon it. enough. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, time's gonna tell. We're only a few days away at this point from the next episode. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I can, I'm looking at the front of that, um, the stone and I yeah. definitely get the vibe that you're coming with the, with the Morse vibe, with the dots and the circles. And yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's a trip, man. We'll see. Um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, way to, I mean, knocked it out of the park first few. So looking forward to next so week. Good. Uh, so good. emails, we got an email yeah, and so you want to take the email, Mike, and I'll do the Twitter. Yeah, sure. One? Sure. All right. Um, yeah, so I, I Ariel Phillip I messages as gentlemen, I can I say that I am still in shock of what happened on Jedi Night. While holding on to hope that Kanan would survive, I've always known he wasn't going to make it. His sacrifice was the perfect ending for me as he died saving his family, which reminded me of Rose's line in The Last Jedi, we win by saving what we what we love. He's par- that's a paraphrase, but I, it's pretty close actually. I think I mean like that's uh, for Ezra, yeah. this must be twice as saddening seeing first Ahsoka and now Kanan sacrifice themselves before his very eyes. What was very poignant for me were Chopper uh, Chopper holding Hera's hand and when Ezra calmed Zeb, uh, claimed to Zeb he's gone. Before the series started, I was very skeptical with Kanan's character description, the cowboy Jedi, incognito. But as the series progressed... I've come to love this character just as much as I loved Ahsoka. The show this shows what a great storytelling team in Star uh, in Star Wars, where I can grow uh, just as much, uh, grow to love just as much an attachment for a new character that is not related to the Skywalker wow. family. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, on edge now to see which characters are going to meet their end. Ah, so much to process. Thank you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's uh, I. I think I think you put it exactly like that is exactly how I feel. Um, who who would have thought that Kanan would end up being such a such a brilliant character? But you know what? When Freddie Prince Jr. was announced as as the voice of Kanan, uh, mm-hmm. we all should have known, right? Yeah, because yeah. he's a diehard Star Wars fan, so. Yeah. Well, he says uh, his sacrifice was the perfect ending. I, mean, I think we yeah. talked about that for me, yeah. too. I mean, I, I couldn't think of any a better way for him to to go out. Like he says, saving his family. Uh, just fantastic way to do that. And yeah, I mean, it, as far as the characters that are. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, now, you know, it's like I we kind of knew Kanan was going, but I thought, well, maybe they'll do it later on in, in this last half of the series. But no, the no. first episode so that i think that was the shock was they did it so fast uh not that he initially went but again um great job and Mm -hmm. we'll see we'll see who else where they go i mean there's a lot more characters here and speculation on these and the cowboy jetty he talks about kanan being a cowboy jetty that's funny um because again another character like ahsoka that a lot of people especially with ahsoka started out and i was the same way yeah. i was like i don't know yeah. about this but we all were wow, yeah. over the years yeah over the years just wow you know just she absolutely you grew to love her and um again another another send-off of a character that were is just fantastic so great stuff um also, we also have a uh, somebody on facebook or on uh, doug green on twitter said uh, I was doing okay with those episodes until Chop grabbed Hera's hand. That was the breaking point, man. So, yeah, right there Ariel with me, Phillips right? Said that it. Yeah, the... we all we're all talking about this. This yeah. was, that was a great scene, and Doug, yeah, I, mean, I look, talking. there were. We I don't. About I don't think there's another point in the Star Wars fandom um, where there were that many grown men 
tearing up at the exact same moment. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like, I don't think there's another moment in Star Wars that that wow. really does it on the level that this did. Um, yeah, yeah. Even the death of Han Solo didn't didn't hit me as hard as this one. Yeah, um, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I can agree with that definitely. I see where you're coming with that. Um, so thank you guys for uh, giving us some uh, emails there and some and Twitter stuff. Don't hesitate to do that. Let us know yeah. what you think. We're at, we're at the here, we folks. love to hear from you guys. Yeah, rebelspodcast at gmail dot com is the is the email as well. If you want to email us directly, yeah, all that, yeah, definitely. Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Let us know because it's, totally. it's coming in here. Uh, next time, Mike, on Star Wars Rebels, we got two again. Yep. Wolves and a door and a world between mm. worlds. And uh, here's a quick uh, taste of what's coming up uh, next week. Two episodes. Check it out. Are these things faster than speeders? Well, they got us here in the first place. I guess they can get us to the temple as well. I'm just, you know, more comfortable with speeders. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, hello. My name is Zeb. <laughs> Zeb, those ones don't talk. How do you know? It talks with its eyes. So we got uh, the crew. Everybody's riding Lothwolf mm-hmm. now. So it's yeah. kind of funny, funny little scene there. But I think we all know where they're headed. Ezra and the ghost crew learn the Empire has plans for the Jedi Temple on the Thal. While the other rebels engage in, in the Imperial forces outside the Jedi Temple, Ezra gains access inside and experiences a revelation. So, wow. Uh, talk about a tease. That's what we got coming uh, next mm-hmm. Monday. Another double episode coming at you. So... Uh, with that, Mike, I think, uh, that's it for this week, huh? Yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, of course you can stay up to date with all the latest star Wars animation news by heading to rebelspodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebels podcast. Sorry. The website's rebelcells.com, not rebelspodcast.com. Uh, I mean, rebelspodcast.com gets you there too, but, um, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter at rebels podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And Matt is at the Crankster. That is Crankster with a K. Um, and uh, if you want to stay up to date with, with the rest of the Star Wars news, you can do that by hitting StarWarsTSC.com um, and uh, checking that out over there. And obviously the podcast with Tim and Kyle as well. Um, you guys know we're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. You can head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. And if you want to support us, you can do that a couple of ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com and uh, picking up some merch. You can pick up some shirts, some you know, cell phone case, uh, you know, like an, an iPad sleeve or, or case. or um, I, I, There's like stickers, like a skin. Uh, you could get uh, for your phone or all sorts of devices, laptops, whatever. Um, store.thunderquack.com to get that stuff. And uh, the other way is to head to patreon.com slash thunderquack and uh, support us over there by pledging your monthly support. 
and uh, you get some goodies. You get uh, early access to a regularly scheduled. Um, you get exclusive access to the Thunderquack podcast, um, as well as as uh, access to the Thunderquack Patreon group on Facebook, which is sort of where we go and we just chat about nerdy stuff. And it's a nice, it's kind of like a nice, casual, relaxed atmosphere on Facebook. There's a lot of like, I, I hate groups on Facebook personally. They drive me nuts. Like all the ones that I'm a member of, like I, I, I'm a member of a few, like for the purposes of like, of, of, um, distributing the podcast, right. Like, like posting and letting people know the various mm-hmm. podcasts. And most of the time it's like, you get in there and there's just like, um, stupid fan theories or people arguing about nonsense or just like, like, like sort of like that vitriol and just that sort of gross part of the internet. Um, but the Thunderquack group on Facebook is so great because the people who are there, first of all, they're paying to be there. So everybody's kind of like happy to be there. Um, and the community that we've got, I just think, I just think our community is awesome. You know, it's just such a great diverse group of people from all over the place. Um, and I, I just have some awesome conversations. It's really cool. So, um, yeah, that's probably, I mean, like, I just highlight that. And we've got the, mm-hmm. the Thunderquack podcast as well, which is exclusive to all Facebook, so all Patreon supporters. But that Facebook group, I think, is really the, the biggest value because if you want to, like, chat with Matt and I about Star Wars, you can hit us up on Twitter, but that Facebook group is probably actually, mm-hmm. for me, it's like the direct line to me. Like if you post something in there with like, with, with like sort of like attention, Mike, like this is like, <laughs> what do you think about this? Yeah. It's like, I'll get in there and I'll comment for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, patreon.com slash thunderquack is where you can go to support us there. Um, that does it for this week's episode. We'll be back again, of course, next week with Wolves and a Door and A World Between Worlds. Uh, we're going to do it. We'll do another sort of like double up episode like we did this week. Um, let us know. Uh, you know, I mean, like we're at like the two hour mark. So it's that you didn't get any less. You're just getting them together. <laughs> That's all that's yeah. happening. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you just don't have to listen to the intro twice. But uh, I will be back next week to cover that. And then we'll be back the week after that. Whew. To cover the series finale, yes, of Star Wars Rebels, <laughs> so fast, yeah. Oh boy! Oh, Thanks well. for listening, everybody. We'll catch yeah. you next week. See you next week.
Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. This is our episode for the two episodes, Jedi Knight and Doom. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and of course, a following... Uh, uh, okay, I gotta start over. <laughs> I totally messed that up. You know, it threw me off. I almost said Rebels podcast at the beginning and then I, I was know, inside my I own know. Head. Okay. I, I just said it to you a few minutes ago. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. Remember That's probably yeah. what threw me off. It's your fault. I blame you. <laughs> it's not me because I'm perfect it's in every way. Too. So it's clearly your fault. Okay. All right. 